What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry, this show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's Jacob Snakes Finds. What's up, everybody? I just want to remind y'all, you know, it's not really just, it's not that deep. And we're just here to have fun. So let's have some fun. It is not that deep. I am John Superflex Dude Hogan. This is the Superflex Super Show. Snakes. Whoa snakes good to have you on man it's uh we we've we've had the opportunity to talk quite a bit on twitter i've even been on your podcast uh which by the way we need to talk about that here in just a second but um the opportunity to bring you on to the super show is one that i've been looking forward to for quite a while finally got to make it happen and now uh i think that the uh the super flex city needs an ex uh, uh, needs an introduction and an explanation for what uh talk a little bit about it's not that deep this is an it's interesting thing <laughs> this is an All interesting right. thing to me so uh it's been more of like a thing i've been saying at school like it's not that deep and for me it's more focusing on uh just you know relaxing and just having fun with things and realizing that uh life is meant to be lived and that you don't need to be just thinking about all the little small things here and there that seem like they're a big deal. Or like, if we think of life as like this test, you know, one point here or there isn't that big of a deal. Focus on the big things, focus on the fun things and uh, just, you know, have a good time, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And especially, I mean, we were talking off air about, man, this year has been something else. So um, yeah. The, yeah. The idea that, uh, you know, it, it, it's not quite as bad as it, as, as it looks not as bad as it seems on paper. And I think that we can apply that in our super flex leagues and, uh, you know, particularly in our dynasty leagues. Um, there are a lot of people right now, snakes, I, I, I think, um, you know, who have lost players like Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, now Odell Beckham Jr. And there are a lot of there are people at, at you know five and one, uh, or what would it now it would be six and one, um, five and two, I suppose, who are kind of bailing on their seasons already. <laughs> like you lose, yeah. you know, one of those guys or even a couple of those guys and go into a rebuild mode, you know. They just just kind of say, All right, well, I'm done. 
as if the rest of their league isn't dealing with the exact same thing. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's not that deep. You've lost Beckham, it, but it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not it's not all it's not as bad as all that. You're fine. Yeah. You're still you're still six and one in the most difficult dynasty season to navigate that we've ever had. So uh, what would you say to those people? You, you've you've lost. Let's actually focus on Dak Prescott. We've talked a lot about him over the last few weeks since he went down with that season-ending. You know, his his foot almost completely fell off. Essentially, is really gross. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it it's so we've 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 already talked a lot about him, but I still you know this being a superflex podcast you know, a quarterback focused podcast in general, you know, the, the people who kind of rode him to, you know, a, a zero one, two loss type of start and then lose him and just throw it into a rebuild mode. What would you say to those people? I would say, uh, you know, always evaluate your teams. And I think if you're just lost, you know, that one player like your the Dak Prescott, you can always move him for, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a discount, of course, but you could move him for, you know, like Jared Goff plus right now, if someone has Jared Goff in a rebuild and always be looking to make those moves. Like one move I made when I lost Saquon and this team, like I had already traded away my 2021 first in this league. And I was like, you know what? Like I gotta, I gotta go all in. So I made a trade of, uh, who did I trade away? It was Saquon, a 2022 first and a 2022 second for Jonathan Taylor and Kareem Hunt. And this was right after Nick Chubb got hurt as well. So uh, I think you, you have to evaluate your team and, you know, sometimes you got to push all your chips in and, and go for it. And I don't think that, you know, trading away Dak Prescott for a little bit on the cheap or even, you know, moving Saquon on the cheap is a bad thing. Now I will say there's one league that I'm two and four and I lost, you know, Miles Sanders, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Odo Beckham Jr., uh, you know, that Cam Newton for the COVID week. And in that league, you know, I need to blow it up a little bit, you know, get rid of the vet, stuff like that. But yeah, if you're six and one, keep on trucking. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Part of the thing that I think people miss too, they look a little too much at the record and not enough at the scoring. And to me, that's a, it's a much bigger indicator. Like, are you, are you scoring points on a weekly basis? I kind of don't care. You know, if you're, you know, if you're three and four or even two and five, but, you know, you're in the top half of your league in scoring, you know, the, the record, all the record tells me is in, we, we apply it. It's so funny because we apply the theory of positive regression. We apply that to the actual <laughs> players, but we don't apply that to our teams. It's, it's. It's funny that we can't think of it that way, but you know, it basically the theory is you're scoring points. That's going to, at some point translate to wins, you know? So if, if you're, if you're still finding ways to score, then, you know, the, the wins are going to come, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I like, this is, it's just, it would take a lot, (laughs) a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know, lose a lot of players. And it, again, it has to be noticeable on the scoreboard just as much as in the win loss columns Mm -hmm. for me to, 
in this season in particular commit to a rebuild. So um there's there's definitely a time and a place though. So let's let's I want to I want to hear from you just for a quick second about the podcast and uh you know kind of kind of what you're doing in season. Um so it's a, a snake in the draft. Yep. is the podcast if uh and for those who have not started listening yet but are about to what have they missed what do they need to go back in here and what are they going to hear from you going forward yeah so uh during the season i do a dynasty uh ads section of the podcast that drops on tuesday and it's usually with a guest uh it just depends. It's usually just random people on Twitter. Not random. I know them, but you know, people on Twitter <laughs> that uh, all message is like, "Hey." <laughs> so the guys who don't have Avies have like yeah, yeah. <laughs> two followers. One of them is Jacob Vines. <laughs> yes, that that's who I'm inviting on the show. But uh, it's it's uh, all sorts of people. Like uh, John's been on the show. Uh, who else? Like Shane Swagger had on the show a while back, and I'd say in season, you know, uh, during the beginning of the week, talking about dynasty. Uh, Dynasty waiver wire ads, as well as Dynasty buy slash sells, and then at the end of the week, I typically do some like Dynasty like deep thoughts or something like that, to where it'll be just thoughts about you know how to uh, you know do a trade the right way, how to um, think about Dynasty more constructively. Like one thing that I noticed I was doing is I was looking at contracts way too much and having that be way too overvalued in my brain, and that caused me to you know undervalue someone like a Darren Waller. Because his his uh, dead cap wasn't that high for 2021, even though he's a baller and he's a beast. So uh, yeah, that and then like before, if you want to if you want to get some dynasty, um, what would be the right way to talk about this? So it's dynasty theory in the sense that like what to do after the startup, what to do in the season, what to do the next off season. I have like four or five episodes of that at the beginning. And you know, in the future, planning on just doing more of the same. You know, getting interesting thoughts like. Uh, if people have an interesting thread on Twitter, like someone, uh, it was Luke, I think it's Neuendorf is how you pronounce his name. He's with the Undroppables. But uh, he had a nice thread about agent production. So, you know, I brought him on the podcast and we talked about it. So, you know, I'm just looking for people that have thoughts that are different from my own. And sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're different. And just, you know, having fun. Nice. Yeah, I, I love the the Dynasty Deep Thoughts thing. Like that's that's what I want to be talking about this time of year in season and and i get that so many people like it's 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 instant it's like what do i do right now you know Mm -hmm. who do i pick up on waivers who do i trade for how do i set my freaking lineup so that i'm not gonna lose by a half a point again you know (laughs) like all this all this stuff that's that's what people really want to know and i get that and you know on super show and super flexible both we we really try and um, you know, keep it, keep it relevant, keep it fresh. Um, sounds like that's what you're doing early in the week as well, but man, this, the stuff that's, that, that gets missed, that's still vitally important, but also honestly, just really fun to talk about is kind of the long-term management kind of, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the analysis of, of your own roster, um, you know, doing the roster edit and, you know, or audit and trying to figure out like, you know, what are some long-term moves? Like what's going to keep me on course for what I'm trying to do right now? And, and back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago, how do you decide what, what you should be doing right now? Like, is this, is this a rebuild 
or is this a team that can still get to the playoffs and make some noise? You know, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that there's enough thought that goes into things like that. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's definitely a void out there for content like that. So, so I really like that one. And in fact, you know, I, I didn't get to finish it, but I started listening to your episode on dynasty trades and that's something I really wanted to talk about with you. Yeah. Um, because again, I mean, it's, it's vitally important. You know, this is, this is something that like, I don't know about you, man, but I get so many trade offers that I'm just like, wait, why did you offer that? Like, what is the benefit? I I know what the benefit is to you. (laughs) What's, what's like, what's the selling, sell me on this trade because I don't get it. I don't get why I would do that, you know? And that, that just happens way too often where people are just like, Oh, Hey, I want that player. So here's what I'll offer you, you know? So, I mean, let's just, let's just get into that before we actually start to apply this a little bit, like talk a little bit about summarize a little bit that episode and, you know, talking about the, you know, how to construct a deal, how to find a deal. Yeah. So I'd say, uh, the biggest thing to start is knowing the direction the other team wants to go towards. So if someone like is looking like, you know, they're two and five, they're pretty low on the points for, uh, they're probably going to lean more towards wanting the younger players, the retooling, I'd say not really a rebuild because rebuild is multiple years. Retooling is really just like an off season, but getting those younger players while the contending teams are going to want those more vets that are producing. And so you can work this both ways. Like if you're a team that, you know, needs to go more into a retooling and you have Adam Thielen, you know, you try to trade Adam Thielen for, like Chase Claypool in a 2021 second. I know everybody's off of Chase Claypool now because he had a really rough game, but you know those are the type of moves you look to make because it helps both sides. And we can actually talk about a trade that I made in that uh, I sent away Hunter Henry and Deontay Johnson and then received Mike Williams, Dallas Goddard, and Cam Akers. And I know everybody's going to throw up in their mouth when they hear the name Cam Akers because he's been super disappointing so far. And the reason I did this trade for my team is my only running back that I really have, and this actually was a trade I made a couple weeks ago, uh, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And that's the only running back I really have on my team. And so my thought is, because I'm really going for next year with this roster, is trade for another running back that has potential to be a really solid running back on a pretty good team. Like the Rams are going to be pretty decent on the, the offensive front. And then I'd say Dallas Goddard could easily jump under Henry. I just have a crush on him, you know. Uh, he, I think, can be really good with Herbert. And so, and then with the other team, you know, getting Hunter Henry and Deontay Johnson, this other team, you know, has been dealing with the Dallas Goddard woes of him being hurt. And Hunter Henry's been producing. And then, you know, we saw what happened with Deontay Johnson this last week. He's a baller. He's a baller for sure. But I'd also argue that wide receivers are easier to come by than running backs. So I'd just take that chance there. And uh, the only other thing I'd say, just to sort of summarize the episode itself, is formulate the trades based off of team needs and team direction. That's like the two most important factors because we all know when we're a rebuilding team and someone's trying to trade for our CD lamb and you're like, no, that's that's not (laughs) going to happen. He's like, he's like my top, he's my easily could be a top three wide receiver for a rebuilding team, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to move him for anybody pretty much. 
And uh, a lot of people don't think about that. They just think about the player, which for me is more focusing on the position and the production that you want or the outlook you want, not individual players, because you get a little bit locked in on individual players, which can can hurt with negotiations, honestly. That's that's my thoughts on trades. I like that. I like that. And, and I was actually just about to ask you about that. But, um, you know, I, yeah, real quick, like one thing that I see people do way too much, I and I call it stacking nickels, is, you know, essentially like you, so you find a player that you want, right? You go to, uh, to DynastyLeagueFootball.com's trade analyzer, or you go to Dynasty Trade Calculator, and you put in that player on one side of the calculator, and then you just start throwing in piece, you know, assets that you've got on your roster until it adds up to the same number as, as that one player, and and then you send offer. You know, so like you're sending yeah. a bunch of players who aren't even going to start for this team that you're trying to send them to. And in some cases, I mean, if you're sending enough players, you know, to this other team, like, I mean, they're going to have to drop somebody to make room for all this crap you're giving them. And there's a good chance that part of what they're going to drop is what you're offering them. (laughs) Like you're making them take out your trash for you and (laughs) expecting them to give you back something of value and usually like significant value. You know, so it's, it's, I, it, it drives me absolutely nuts, man. (laughs) It's basically like, you know, the, the kind of the analogy, the stacking nickels is, you know, you're trying to offer me 20 nickels for my dollar. I don't have room in my pockets for 20, 20 nickels. Like it's going to make my pants fall down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I can, I can pretty easily carry a dollar bill in my wallet without even noticing it, without even feeling it. There's efficiency in that. There's efficiency in that dollar bill. Uh, I don't. I don't want twenty nickels. I want my dollar. Yeah, there's even security in that dollar bill in the sense that, like, yeah, if you're trying to move, uh, like J.D. McKissick, Keelan Cole, and Logan Thomas for you know, Deontay Johnson a couple of weeks ago, like, no, that's a garbage trade to send, even if the value says the same. And I used to do that early on, you know, you look at the trade calculator and you're like, oh, let me plug in this side and the other side. And then you see how it differs. And I will say that DLF does a good job of uh, if one side has a ton of players and the other side only has one, then they make a minus on the side getting a ton of players, which makes sense because there's trade-offs with getting mm-hmm. four players for one. Uh, and that's something that, you know, other trade calculators do, do not do. Um, so I do like that factor about it, even though whenever you're the one trying to send those three players and you see that and you're like, oh man, like, come on, that's a good deal. what do you mean? Right. <laughs> uh, but I will add that, uh, sometimes you can get an interesting trade, um, if it's higher end players. And so this isn't the trash players. Like you're talking about, John, it's not, <laughs> you're sending JD McKissick, Keelan Cole and someone else for Dallas Goddard, you know, like you're right. not sending the trash, but there's sometimes that you can get a solid trade. Like. Uh, this looks genius now in the offseason. I traded away Michael Thomas for Kenny Galladay, the 1.09 and the 1.10 in a rookie draft. And wow. or I got I traded away Michael Thomas. I don't know if I said this right. Michael Thomas and received Kenny Galladay 1.09 and 1.10, which that was about Michael Thomas's value then. And so then then you're getting players that can increase in value. Mm-hmm. Now that's the type of trade, but honestly, it's it's flipped in the sense that you're getting like 
it's almost like you're you're trading in your dollar for stocks and you're like thinking that those stocks can potentially go up or not and i know this is changing a little bit what we were discussing before because yeah the whole 20 nickels for a dollar thing is don't offer those trades like they're so annoying to get and then you just get pissed <laughs> i know i get pissed because i'm just like you want what no get out of here like that's what do you ridiculous th- how little do you think of me you think i'm an absolute idiot don't you you <laughs> like it, it it turns personal <laughs> it, it's so quick and i know i i get that way especially like if you send an offer and then like someone's saying you know certain players on the block you send an offer and you're like this is pretty decent like uh an example is i sent i this is not the best trade for odo beckham jr you can ever send but in a league that he was on the block i sent a late a mid to late 2021 second and a early 2021 third for Odo Beckham. And I was like, okay, that's like, you know, it's it's a little bit on the cheap side, maybe. Like, you know, I could see him countering for a 2021 first. I wouldn't do it, though, because I don't value OBJ that high. But then I received back Jalen Rager, Sam Darnold, and a 2021 first for OBJ. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what are <Yeah>. we doing? <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, people tend to – they try to capitalize – on the news cycle a little too much too as if like they're as if they have some kind of secret intel that nobody else has so like um in and you talked a little bit about this at the beginning in and actually kind of a concept that the sigmund bloom um had uh had mentioned to you on twitter but you know uh where you know the 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 old saying has always been, and you know, this is kind of economics 101, it's dynasty 101, it's fantasy 101, but the old, you know, the whole buy low, sell high. The problem is, you know, people think that pe- people try a little too hard with that one. So right now, the theory is first of all, that you should you should buy low on Jarvis Landry now that Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt. Jarvis Landry becomes, you know, the number one wide receiver in that Cleveland offense. And so, you know, so, so go out and make some low ball offers for Jarvis Landry. Just, I I don't know. um, Is it just because like, are you hoping that these, that the person, you know, that the Landry, the, the team owner who has Landry hasn't heard that Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the season? Like what, What's the theory exactly? <laughs> like that like, the, you found, you, you know, you're you're in a you're in a league with a bunch of Amish guys who, you know, who don't hear this news until, you know, w- well after it's happened or what? Like I don't I I don't I don't understand what the the philosophy is, but you know, you're going to get low ball offers right now for Jarvis Landry as a, an immediate reaction to the Beckham injury. You're also going to get low ball offers for Odell Beckham Jr. You know, all of a sudden he doesn't have nearly a, he doesn't have the the value anymore. I just got a trade offer in one of my home leagues where you know I'm I'm first in points, second in record, um, defending champ. I just lost Beckham for the season. I'm still fine. I've still got Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett and absolutely stacked at running back and but the offer was Christian Kirk straight up for Odell Beckham Jr. because now Beckham is just absolutely worthless to me he's he's just off the face of the earth altogether 
for this isn't a dynasty league apparently <laughs> where he's going to be back at some point probably next season you know uh, all it, like it's it's he's doing me this favor by giving me Christian Kirk a player who does something every once in a while for my now completely worthless Odell Beckham Jr. That's the type of thing that's like that's that people take buy low, sell high to the extreme. They they jump on the opportunity, you know, the perceived opportunity to buy low on a player like Jarvis Landry, buy low on a player like Odell Beckham Jr. <sighs> These don't actually happen. <laughs> this isn't. No, they don't. This doesn't actually happen. And and I'll let you talk about, um, you know, the the sell low, buy high thing a little bit. I, I think you have a better grasp on it than I do. But to me, this is more realistic. Yeah, and that's something that I've been trying to grasp a hold of, like, you know, who are actual players that would be considered, you know, more sell lows and buy highs? Because uh, I think once Saquon was injured for contending teams, he became a sell low compared to what his value was before. And that's what I did in a league. And I felt like I, I bought low as well on him because, you know, someone wanted solid players to help them win this year. And um, like, so one way I like to look at this as well is like, I, I made a post on Twitter talking about Clyde Edwards Lair. And so uh, I said, most buy highs and sell lows are not actual in dynasty leagues. Like you just said, John, and the odds are super low that you can buy Clyde Edwards Lair low right now. Same with trying to sell Robbie Anderson high. Like in my opinion, it's really just teams are more open or less open to trading players. And with you mentioned Sigmund Bloom's uh, quote, he actually had, a really good point in that he said the better angle that people need to be exploring uh, trades is the sell low by high, uh, inducing someone to try to catch a falling knife or get off of a rocket ship precisely because the mass psychology says it is time to get out, cash in when actually it's the wrong move. And he also said as well, usually the true brilliant buy low sell high trades are ones that you doubt and wonder if you are making a big mistake when you're making them. Uh, and that's again, back to that. He said mass psychology of it. And those are great points because like, if you, like I made a post in, it was week three about Robbie Anderson. Cause you know, he was coming on strong and I was like, what is his value right now? Because I think, you know, people would say, you know, if you get a 2021 second for Robbie Anderson, then that was a sell high. But then I was thinking, you know, if I was a continuing team, I would send two 2021 seconds, get Robbie Anderson now because his value could increase more. And now he's worth the 2021 first and honestly, his production should make him worth more worth more. So that's the type of player that I'd say is a massive, you know, not really, I don't know anymore because it depends on what people will want for him. But in general, he was a buy high for me and that his value could keep increasing where it's at and he could still have Teddy B next year on the same team. And I'm trying to think of some really good sell lows because I think like Zach Ertz, you know, before he, he got hurt was a pretty good sell low. I hurt my soul to say because I was a huge Zacherts <laughs> fan. I was like, you know, Goddard, you know, he's he's not a scrub, but he he's going to take a back seat to Ertz. And now, you know, Ertz is probably out of out of Philadelphia after this year, and Goddard will be taking over. So, um, I'd even say like, oh, what's another good example of a sell low right now? And I'd say it's like older vets, like Mark Ingram. You know, if you could get a 2021 third for Mark Ingram right now, if you could do that, I'd be pretty interested or a 2021 third and like a, a low end player, maybe even hasty straight up, you know, someone who's going to be scoring points for the next couple of weeks. Um, I still need to think about those trades a little bit more before I'd actually make them, but always be looking to make these moves that can help you 
for the future, like you were saying before, you know, look to the future as well. This is dynasty. This isn't just this year. You don't need to be, you know, trading away your future for all these old guys that then a year or two down the road, you're like, well, that was stupid. Like one move that I'm making that I make in any league, I have, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, all those old quarterbacks trade them and some picks or some players for some younger quarterbacks. Because I mean, you know, this John quarterbacks are super valuable in super flex leagues. And if you can get some of those young guys uh, that can help you out for the next couple of years, like one of my favorite ones is Jared Goff, you know, he's not going anywhere for quite a bit. Um, I'd say like, even if you could do like, you know, Philip Rivers for Jameis Winston straight up, I think would be a really interesting trade for beyond uh, this year. And, uh, just always be looking to make these moves. Don't get locked into I'm a contender. I only need to do contending moves because like you'd be surprised like this year, my teams that I was going to be a quote rebuilding league or I was going to like retool, uh, not really retool. It's more I drafted for draft picks and for like, I went super quarterback heavy. I drafted six quarterbacks, but those leagues I'm actually doing really well in surprisingly. And like one league right now, it's it's set up the divisions and how everything works is set up different. I can explain that later if you want, but I'm currently like only like 150 points from being in like sixth place for points four. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty up there and everybody's all pretty close together. And it's like that. I'm like, shoot, you know, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for trying to make the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm still going to sell players if I need to, but I'm not going to force myself to you know, try to get that 1.01 because it's impossible now. And I've had people message me before being like, oh, we talked about, you know, doing a productive struggle. And I'm, I'm actually like in second place right now. What do I do? And I'm like, you keep winning. That's what you do. You go for the ship right now because you're doing it. Like, don't, don't panic and try to sell young players just cause. Yeah, definitely. Here's, here's a, a sell low for you. Actually, I, so I need to, I need to preface this because I can't remember I know you live in Texas. Who's who's your team? Remind me of this. So everybody's going to roll their eyes when they hear this, but I've been brainwashed by fantasy football and Madden so much that I don't really have like a favorite team in per se. Like I'd say if I had to choose, it's Cowboys, but I honestly find a lot of Cowboys fans annoying. Um, <laughs> and that's because, you know, I work with them and I worked with the guy last year after they beat, you know, the Dolphins and who was it? Like the Jets and the Washington football team, you know? And they were like, oh, we're three, you know, we're going to win it all. And I was like, you know, the teams you just beat are pretty bad, right? Like they're not <laughs> great. So anyways, I'd say yeah. I'm open to any team. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not that that was going to change what I'm about to say. It's, it, it could have changed the conversation and it still might. I mean, you kind of, you kind of, uh, you know, towed the line a little bit there as far as, uh, um, you know, anti anti allegiance, but uh, you you almost crossed it into Cowboys territory. So, <laughs> so I, I'm curious how you're gonna feel about this one. All right. Sell sell low on Ezekiel Elliott. His his value has already dropped into second, maybe even third startup range. Mm-hmm. And man, first of all. The guy looks like crap to me right now. At least he does not look like the Zeke that we've become accustomed to over the last several years. He, he looks, he looks timid. He looks, you know, he looks slower. He looks tired. <laughs> like he, he also, he's not inviting contact the way he used to. 
at least, you know, I haven't seen it. It's, uh, there's a lot more stepping out of bounds and, and live to fight another day than, you know, turn up field, lower the shoulders and get that extra yard. And, uh, there's, there's a, there's, there's a lot about, I, and I mean, I, I, I've been nervous about Ezekiel Elliott for, you know, for about a year now, but it's, to me, it's really showing here in 2020. And, you know, I, I, so, but I think that it's, that it's kind of, you know, I, I don't think that I'm the only one right now. Like I said, I do think that that value is kind of dropping into, you know, second, third round range where a lot of people, you know, people would rather have Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, you know, um, man, like there, we might even have a few, there's, I think that there are a few guys who would, uh, really surprised. Like, I, I think that people would have some people at least would have a tough decision between Ezekiel Elliott and James Robinson. I think that's a, that's a tough call straight up right now. Hmm. I think it should still be Zeke, but man, like the fact that that's even close right now says something, you know? So, and, but again, you know, I, I think that that value is probably going to drop. Yeah, I'm not quite there on Zeke with uh I can see like selling him low for his current value because a lot of people, including my myself, I still have him. Like I was just looking at my rankings and I was thinking, you know, where should I have Zeke? Because I, I did still have an RB3 and I was thinking, you know, being a little bit stubborn and expecting him to come around. But, you know, the Cowboys, you're right. They look awful. <laughs> they don't look good <laughs> at all. And Zeke is not helping him at all. And then I'm looking at him like Christian McCaffrey. Of course, I want him over Zeke. You know, Kamara, of course. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, easy. Jonathan Taylor, yep. Saquon. That to me is closer because you have contending versus non-contending teams with Saquon. Uh, and I, you do make a good point with, you know, even like a Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Like Derrick Henry, I think, is one that's very doable. You know, you could trade Ezekiel Elliott for Derrick Henry and probably get like a 2021 second back with Henry. And, you know, that can help you win now. And if you have Zeke, you're most likely wanting to go win now. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree that that Zeke is on the downward path. Now, I still think that he'll have a rebound game here or there. And I'm not saying, you know, necessarily wait for the rebound game, but don't just make a trade to make a trade. And that's mm-hmm. that's one thing. Like, don't just say, oh, I'll take anything that comes my way. Like, be very selective. And, you know, you may you could probably even get, you know, Swifts or Aaron Jones right now straight up for Zeke. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially Jones because he missed a week and Swift has been doing so-so. You know, he hasn't been given the great workload, but – yeah, dude, James Robinson is one person that I've just been thinking about because I was I would say I was relatively low on him early on because you know undrafted rookie I was like okay like what is his long term outlook going to be and then I started thinking a little bit more critically about where the running backs really are and after like I'd say running back honestly around running back fifteen like anybody after that it's all just a bunch of question marks and a bunch of just like either like not no like no real good production like David Montgomery you know Melvin Gordon like they are guys that you're like yeah I'd want on my team but at the same time you're like do I really because they haven't looked that great and then you have someone like a James Robinson who's putting up 30 burgers you know just dominating yeah. and uh yeah like I currently have James Robinson at RB20 
right now. And like, he's in front of guys like James Conner. I even put him in front of Cam Akers, which hurt my soul a little bit, but I mean, Hey, he's scoring points right now. And whenever running backs don't score points and do well the rookie season, it's typically a bad thing for their entire career. Uh, that's just a common path that it's hard if people don't score. I think it's more than like 50 PPR points or maybe it's a hundred. I don't know. It's, it's some number like that, that if they don't reach that threshold, then the odds of them becoming anything throughout their whole career is like very minimal. So yeah. And that, that gets to the idea of like, how do you, how do you look at these players? How do you rank these players? And that, that's what, sort of where I went with my deep thoughts of like, um, I think it's important to rank the young running backs very high up there. Like I've had Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jonathan Taylor as my RB four and five for most of the season. And people that had them later have just keep moving them up because, you know, they just, they're the young guys coming out. And I think people could potentially, you know, like it's, it's more Clyde Edwards-Alaire is available to buy if you want him now, because people are still nervous about Le'Veon Bell, even though Clyde Edwards-Alaire blew up the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. And then getting back on to Zeke, Oh, if I had him and I'm contending, I'd look for offers, you know, see if I could get a Derek Henry and such, but mm-hmm. I, I still have faith personally, but that could be misguided faith that then you miss an opportunity to even, you know, sell low and then you're just selling lower. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- that's, that's exactly it for me, but I, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Like, you know, if, if you do feel like there's a bounce back coming, I don't, but you know, I I think that you know the workload is clearly there. The uh, you you could really chalk some of the issues up to the offensive line. That line has not been, you know, what we've come to expect from the Dallas Cowboys over the years. Um, not anywhere close, in fact. And they've gotten two quarterbacks almost killed at this point. So, um, you know, you you could you could still tell a story where. You know, Ezekiel Elliott could bounce back from this. And and then, you know, you're truly selling low before a bounce back. Um, to me, like the the value is only gonna drop from here, but you know, it it's it's it can definitely be subjective at this point. But um that does it does make me curious though, you know, talking about you know, when you said don't sell this just to sell, you know. So for you, how does a trade start? Do you have those players that you're just like, you know, you look at your own roster and say, I want to get that guy off of my roster, whether it's, you know, whatever the reason is, whether it's, you know, I don't, I don't trust him. I'm not able to use him. Like I can't find a way to get him into my lineup and therefore his points are wasted on my bench. Uh, You know, is it, is it a value spike? Is it, you know, you, you foresee a value drop or maybe do you look at somebody else's roster you've, or you find a, just a player in general that you want to target and you work towards that guy. How did, how does it start for you? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I'd say for me, it typically starts. Okay. There's two ways there can be um, one way of looking at it is, you know, I have these, just players in general that are a little bit older or a player like you're, you're nervous about Zeke. And so, you know, if I'm nervous about a player and then I'm going to look at other teams and say like, what are their needs? Do they need a running back or can I do a little switcherooski on them and make them, you know, feel good about the trade on their end. And I feel good on my end. 
And I would honestly send, you know, a Zeke trade to probably nine out of the 12 teams or so, because there's probably two teams that are, you know, out of contention all the way, and they're not going to want an older running back in Zeke unless they get a huge discount, which I'm not trying to sell Zeke for, you know, like a 2021 second, you know, like I don't want to move him for that. So, uh, yeah, I'd say I, I like would mass send trade offers out. So like if there's like four or five teams that are, you know, top dogs and you're up there with them and you're like, all right, this guy has Derrick Henry, this guy's Miles Sanders, and I would overpay slightly if I wanted to move Zeke. Like, I would send Zeke and um, – what's a good trade offer that could even work? Um, like, uh, it's blanking a little bit, but, you know, like Zeke and Keelan Cole for Miles Sanders, you know, just something like that, a little bit extra on to make the other person be like, you know what? Hmm, that's interesting, you know. I'll send a counter back, and then most of the time with the counter, you know, to be a little little change here or there, and it's usually done typically. Uh, I will say that how I like to do trades is I'll send a trade and I'll message someone and say, Hey, I sent you a trade. Let me know what you think. Hmm. And typically that helps me because then you can have a little conversation with them. And I'm, I'm one that likes to have conversations with people about the players and the trades because it typically works out. And a lot of people get nervous about that though. Cause they're like, Oh, what if I say the wrong thing, this or that? And I'm like, Hey, it's like, you should never agree to a trade before it's sent. And that's been my biggest thing is the one number one term I've started to use if people are wanting to offer me a trade is I say, hey, send it my way and I'll think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't say that's a deal anymore. I don't say that anymore. I say, hey, send it my way and I'll think about it because I've had it to where you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then people are like, "Uh, actually, I've been thinking about it and I don't want to do it anymore because you gave them that chance if you were so like, yes, I want it that they they back off and they're like, oh, I could have got more. So that's, that's just a verbiage I've started to use with people in trade negotiations, uh, especially if they're the ones trying to counter to me and making me give up a little bit more. I'm like, eh, send it my way and I'll think about it. And usually it's an instant accept. Like I don't, I wait like one second, I accept it and I'm good to go because I've already evaluated what I want to do. So long story short, mass and trade offers out to like six or seven teams if you want to move a guy and make sure the players that you're sending match their team goal and make sure the players you're receiving match your team goal. So you may only have three or four teams you really can offer trades to. Like in a league I'm doing, I had a ton of quarterbacks. So, you know, if I want to move a quarterback, I'm not going to send a trade to a team that already has three or four quarterbacks because they're not going to value them higher than teams that just have two. So always be looking at other teams. And I know it's extra work, but you'll end up finding that more trades go through and you'll, you'll actually create relationships with people that you're like, man, we just always seem to make trades happen. And it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess here's a, here's a question. This is, you know, again, so first of all, um, my favorite thing that, that you said right there was, you know, make it, make sure that it, that it works for, you know, for both sides, as far as, you know, in terms of working towards the agenda that they already have set forward, you know, <clears throat> if this is a contending team, don't ask them to trade away one of their top running backs for, you know, T Higgins like and or, or Chase Claypool, you know, these, these young wide receivers who are going to be spotty as hell for them. And they just crippled their running back group because of it. Like that's, that's not, that's not ever going to get accepted. And in fact, you're just going to piss people off <laughs> if that's the type of offer you're sending. And it's going to make it hard for you to negotiate a deal. It's really hard to come back from that. If you start off with an offer 
that just doesn't even make sense for the other side, then, you know, you're, you're going to get a rejection. You're not going to get it. You know, you're not going to get a counter proposal. You're not going to have the opportunity to, to negotiate. And there's a good chance that that guy's not, that person's not going to, you know, enter into negotiations with you going forward either. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it all starts with it, this, uh, you know, just a little bit of empathy for a fellow human being <laughs> in the, what they're trying to do with their own life, with their own roster. So, you know, it's, it, it's really pretty simple. Look at their roster. What are they trying to do? Where are they at? Is this a contender? And, you know, if so, who are some players that you have that can help them? That's what we're looking for. Even if it's contender to contender, there are still moves that can be made. But, and, and I get that there's some strategy in trying to hurt, you know, one of your fellow contenders. And that's, that's fine. If you, if you want to try and sneak somebody, Pat, like I'll, I'll send Zeke to another contender because I don't believe in Zeke. Maybe they do. And maybe they even get it right. And I get it wrong. And I lost that trade. That's fine. You know, that's, that's, there's, there's a time and a place to do that. But I'm saying, you know, if, if this is a contender, don't ask them to take themselves out of contention by making this trade with you. You know, there's, there's very few people are going to be willing to do that. And ditto, if they're in a rebuild, don't try and send them an old play. Don't try and send them, you know, Todd Gurley. That doesn't, it makes, Todd Gurley does not belong on a rebuild roster. Leave him the hell alone. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave me alone, man. Um, I'd actually have a point to add with that, John, in that I think some people, you know, they'll get a trade offer and they feel, some people feel obligated to counter. And so you'll get this trade offer and you feel like slightly offended by it. Like, uh, and this actually happened to where I sent a trade offer and it was, I feel like it was a competitive trade offer. I said like Drew Locke in a pick to for I think it was Swift, I believe, or something. And uh, this team only had like one starting quarterback on their roster and a super flex. So, you know, I was like, you you really need some help over there. And uh, this is the beginning of the season. And I got back Drew Locke for a 2021 third. And I was like, honestly, you just got to message me. I'm not looking for a quarterback right now. Don't send me that offer because – once you send that to me, like I, I, I'm not going to trade with that guy again, just because he's done it to me a couple times now. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right, I, I'm done trading with you. You can go struggle with your quarterbacks because you're not going to win with one quarterback, most likely, especially because this league is five point per touchdown and negative two per interception. So quarterbacks get an even bigger bump in the scoring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is actually something I want that I wanted to ask you about anyways. Um but that, that kind of segues into it a little bit. So, I mean, overall, I'm curious, like, you know, a roster construction that you're going for. And, you know, if I'm in a league with you and I'm looking at your your roster, how do I know, you know, what direction you're trying to take it, essentially? And I know that, I mean, this is this is really just kind of focused on you. This is not a generality at all. So, um but for you, if I'm looking at a Jacob Vines roster and I say, you know, I know that this is the type of roster construction Jacob is going for. He has not yet achieved it. So here's what I can do to help him work towards that while bettering my own team 
off of his roster. What does that roster construction look like? And there's kind of a an offshoot question from that um, that is very self-indulgent, uh, <laughs> which is uh, the QBX theory. I'm curious if that's something that you at all subscribe to. Um, and either way, you know, kind of your, your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. So I would say my roster construction that I've sort of been liking the most, and this is one thing, it's sort of like hard for me to pinpoint. Cause I've just been trying a bunch of different things recently, just seeing like what clicks for me. Like I did one draft where I, I was not as QB heavy and I was productive struggle and I'm not really liking my team as much there. Another draft where I was very QB heavy and productive struggle and that team's been working out great. Another draft where I went full contender mode from the start. And that was, that's been a a shit show. (laughs) It it hasn't worked out as great as I thought it would. So um, I think like if you look at my roster and uh, you'll typically see to where I'll be more quarterback heavy and wide receiver heavy. But I've also realized I need at least one solid running back, especially if it's a start two running back league. That's something I didn't do for uh, both leagues that I did a productive struggle in. And so that's why the league I keep talking about, that's actually like my home dynasty league now because with, with uh, friends and family, it's first year starting up and made a trade for Clyde Evans Alaire, made a trade for Cam Akers. Uh, just trying to, you know, get some running back help because my running backs were like, who it was Darius guys. We all know what happened with that. And uh, who else was my other running back? I can't even remember now. It was, it was like no one helpful. It was, um, I can't even find the name. It was like, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I have no idea. I'm, carry on Johnson. That was my other one. Carry on oh, Johnson. Okay. Yeah. And this was even after Swift was drafted, you know, so I wasn't feeling great about it at all. So I would say like, you'll probably typically see my teams quarterback heavy wide receiver heavy. And honestly, like wide receiver medium and tight end heavy. I love me some tight ends, especially in a tight end premium league. I think it's good to have some top dogs. Um, And then typically running back will be a little bit light until I start building up. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, if I'm doing that type of roster construction, obviously I'd appreciate getting some running backs, but I'm going to be super, super picky. Like, I'm not going to be just wanting, like, you know, a Christian McCaffrey or a, a Zeke or a Saquon when they're at their top value. You know, I'm going to be looking at the guys like the Dobbins, the Swifts, the Akers, um, those younger guys, or even like Montgomery's been someone I've liked for quite a bit. And, uh, you know, he hasn't been doing fantastic this year. So I may need to reevaluate my uh, allegiances a little bit because he's been disappointing by a good bit. So, anyways, like, he was someone in the early on in the season, you know, I was looking to get, um, so yeah, like running backs and I'd say like typically for me, it just depends on what direction I'm going. And honestly, you can just, anybody can DM me at any time and be like, what are you going for right now? And I honestly recommend people to do that for anybody, you know, say like, Hey, like I want I'm looking to make some trades. Like I just wanted to make sure I'm offering you trades that are related to your goals. Like, are you going more like for 2021 for 2020? Like, what are you going towards? And you're not getting a leg up on anybody. You're just knowing how they're going to value players based on is it 2020 is it 2021 so um yeah like i honestly i'm big in communication like that's one thing that in in the real world that drives me crazy when people don't communicate and mm-hmm. so it's the same fancy football you know you send me a trade and you don't talk to me and then you're like it, it, you don't counter me back after I, after i counter or anything and it's just a reject and stuff like that just drives me crazy so i guess in general just whatever position I'm weaker in, 
syndicate that way. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds really like uh, simple, but I think that works for most people. You know, if they're weak at quarterback, send a trade for a quarterback their way. And yeah. as long as it fits their team goal, which chat with people, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a QBX strategy. I would say that like I did, you know, I said multiple different strategies. I'd say that's my, my plan in the future is to exclusively do QBX, but I'll also add that I, I burnt myself out this year with uh, all my dynasty and redraft leagues so I'm going to be cutting back on some leagues and not joining any others in uh, 2021, just because <laughs> I want to. I want to actually have some fun setting my lineup versus uh, I, I joined so many leagues and a lot of like most of them are redraft, but I'm in like 20 something leagues right now, and I'm just like and before it was only like seven, so now I'm like drowning in it, and I'm like you know what I want to enjoy what I'm doing with the leagues, and so I'm going to be cutting back. Yeah, man, it gets uh, it. Like at that point, you're not going to, I mean, uh, like you, you can, I think that people have the capacity for maybe half that, (laughs) you know, as far as like full, you know, roster management, as far as, you know, waivers, trades, like you can, you can kind of camp on one team for, you know, a day or so in season and more like a week in the off season. Um, but yeah, I mean, in season, like that's just, it, you just don't have enough time to, to maintain that many different rosters, at least not at a high level, you know, that's you been can, my biggest issue. Yeah. The high, keeping it at a high level. And I'd say like yeah. you're saying half, like, I think like 10 to 12 is like the max I ever want. Cause anymore you just, you just slamming your head against the wall over and over. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I I mean I I assume that you're the same way considering you you do a you know a waiver ads uh episode every week but for me like waivers is such a big part of my game. I would love to do more trading. It's really hard because you know I I find that my player values differ from a lot of people's. <laughs> And, which makes it hard to get a deal done a lot of times, you know, um, mm-hmm. people always, people always say that that's what gets trades done is the fact that, you know, you view, you value this player higher. I play, I value this player higher to me. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it actually prevents deals from getting done. The fact that, you know, I, I have this quarterback because I think that he's worth, you know, multiple first round picks because of the scarcity of the position. And you're trying to get him from me for a, you know, a flex consideration wide receiver, (laughs) like, uh, because that's where you think his value's at. I mean, there's a, there's a disconnect there that's going to keep us from getting this deal done. But, you know, it, for me, like, because trading ends up being very difficult, I really rely on waivers and, and I feel like that's a, it's, you know, it's something that people could exploit way more than they do. Even in deeper dynasty leagues was Travis Fulgham on anybody's rosters. I don't don't think so either. You know, Richard Rogers has kind of come out of nowhere and, and, Miles Gaskin at the start of the season. Yes, Miles Gaskin. And and they, you know, back to James Robinson, like both of those guys 
were probably on waivers in your league at some point. And there's a handful of others that I, you know, I, I can't even think of them right at the moment, but um, Eno Benjamin is probably on a lot of dynasty taxi squads, mm-hmm. but like in a, a shallower dynasty league, a dynasty league that doesn't have taxi squads, if those exist. Um, and then redraft leagues, you know, Eno Benjamin is, is available. And like, that's that, you know, I would much rather pick him up, you know, speculatively than try and pay the price that it costs to get, you know, uh, uh, I mean, even Le'Veon Bell right at the moment, you know, I, it's, it's so much easier and so much more fruitful on, on waivers. I have to have that, but if you have that many leagues, you can't keep up with waivers. Yeah, the only thing that helps me is I do like a weekly Dynasty Nerds article uh, for D- Dynasty waiver ads, and that sort of helps keep me on track so I can like look at who I put on it. And I really do try to like have it deeper names. It's been harder recently because there hasn't been as many, you know, random breakout people. It's been pretty, you know, steady the same people over and over again. Like uh, mm-hmm. probably the one recently, you know, like Market Marquez Callaway. You know, he's someone that's on like it's a uh, he's only rostered like ten percent of MFL leagues, but like. He's a rookie. Like you, you should want him if you're a contender or a rebuild. Yeah, and yeah, like I. That's one thing I forget. Like you know, going into the season, is you're like, if you are on top of your waiver wire. Like we actually talked about this on the podcast when you came on mine. Is like if you need a running back, the odds are you're gonna find one on the waiver wire. Like even like Hasty, you know, in a couple of leagues, you know, he's someone you could pick up. Jeff Wilson blew up the other week. Uh, McKinnon, someone you could have traded for really cheap start of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and. Honestly, like even, okay, let's take a, you can take a super flex victory lap with uh, quarterbacks and rookie drafts with Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. People were picking him until the end of the first start of the second. (laughs) And then lo and behold, you know, oh, quarterback that's young and good. Oh, now he's quarterback nine. Oh, and you got him in the first, into the first. Look at that. That's incredible. He fell to you because the guy ahead of you took Keyshawn Vaughn. (laughs) Yeah, that's, That's a huge total victory lap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I mean, again, like quarterbacks are just, they're, they're cheapest in the drafts. They're cheapest in the startup. They're cheapest in the rookie draft. You're not going to get Justin Herbert for a, for a single 2021 first anymore. And I really don't care what pick it is. (laughs) We're finally, by the way, getting to a point where you can start to project those picks, not fully, but we're, we're getting close to where you can finally start saying like this is going to this is likely to be an early 2021 20, first but even if i knew for a fact that it's going to be 101 i'm still not giving justin herbert for that pick i i recognize that trevor lawrence is one of the best quarterback prospects that we've that we've seen in you know over the last couple decades i get that still doesn't it still doesn't do it for me I don't know where he's going to land. I don't know who his, uh, who his head coach is going to be. And uh, I, what I do know is that right now, Justin Herbert's out on the field throwing four touchdowns a game. So that's all I need to know, to be totally honest with you. So, yeah, the the thing with running backs, people, you know, it, it, people really kind of need to adjust their thinking a little bit on running backs. 
forget about the idea that you have to have those elite names. You know, forget about the the idea that you have to have, you know, Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara to be in the conversation as a contender. That's that's not what the running back position is, because once you change your thinking to the idea that what wins is, you know, quantity far more than quality, because all these guys are going to make it onto the field. You know, like you said, you're you're talking about your Michael Hasty. He's what fifth on the depth chart. <laughs> like that's how far they've gone through that depth chart. I just mentioned Eno Benjamin, number three on that depth chart. You know, just just what we're really kind of looking for here is just warm bodies. Get enough of these guys, and at some point they're gonna get on the field and they're gonna produce for you. You know, so you know, it's really just kind of collecting enough of them that you're going to have a couple of them on, you know, in your lineup at all times. That's, that's really the goal. If you started off with Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Nick Chubb um, and, you know, maybe you had in like Raheem Mostert and you called it good because you said, Oh, now my running backs are done. Look how loaded I am at running back. (laughs) <laughs> you made it what two weeks <laughs> and then you've and yeah. then you had nothing so yeah it it's the, the waivers are are so important and and honestly it makes it so much easier to trade when mm-hmm. you have the leverage knowing that you can you can get what you need off of waivers you can't upgrade but you can go get the guys that'll keep you on track, keep you winning games off of waivers. You know, the, then and and trading is just for upgrading. You know, that's that's where you can really kind of get an advantage. So that's uh I think that's a pretty important piece. I've taken enough of your time, snakes. <laughs> <laughs> but and we didn't even get to I, we wanted to talk about some actual trades maybe that's the next and, show <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we'll, we're gonna have you back way way sooner than you even know <laughs> so Deal. I'm yeah down. We'll, we'll have to pick it back up i got one real quick for you though i do have to get All your right. thoughts on this trade it did not involve me but uh um all right, so I, I and I'm just going to tell you the pieces of this trade. You tell me which side you'd take. Uh, so this team is had uh, so th- this team had Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, and Robbie Anderson, um, fifth in total scoring in the league, but uh, has lost some close games and is tracking for. You know, in terms of record, tracking for a top three rookie pick. But this league does have, you know, the the top five teams get into the uh, top five teams in terms of record get into the playoffs. And then the sixth team in the playoffs is determined by scoring. So this team is on track to get into the playoffs off of scoring, even though the record is, you know, bottom three 
So it's Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers, sorry, Julio Jones and Robbie Anderson for Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I gotta go with I gotta go with the Aaron Rodgers side. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And that's I actually uh really like doing, you know, points for for at least two. I prefer more two of the the spots, at least one, I'd say at least one. I'm, I'm trying out a new format that I don't know if I thought of it or if it was on the commission pod. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to take credit for it because I'm not 100 percent, but it's three divisions to where the division leader in by record gets into the playoffs. And then the other three spots are all decided by points for. So it's I'm not sure if I like it yet, though, because it makes it to where like I'm looking at it and I'm just like, well, my team's bottom, you know, few in record. So then, you know, it doesn't matter what I do because I can't get in by if I if I win games or no, it's more bottom of points four and I'm like middle with the record. And you're like, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, I'm not going to make it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of leaning towards, you know, four by record, two by points four, because I still think points four should account for a little bit more, at least do some like points four champion for like part of the the league uh, payment. And honestly, I'm like a bylaw snob in a way. I I worked I worked way too hard on my bylaws and spent a ton <laughs> of time on it. So uh, that's definitely something if you ever want to talk about. I, I love me some good bylaws. Oh man, yeah, we'll have to do that too. And uh, that way we can uh, we can kind of talk through the Vampire League, uh, the the Super Show Listener League, um, because uh, I'm I'm not a big bylaws writing writing commissioner (laughs) i don't like to to you know write out every little detail um and it's kind of bit me in the butt (laughs) several times already this season so um yeah we'll have to uh well man we've got a lot more to talk about yeah we we definitely need to to bring you back very very soon but yeah by the way uh so yeah brian Har, in case you uh you skipped ahead when uh, when I said when I started laying out that horrible trade that you made, uh, Jacob Vines just agreed with me that it's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers stay the course, get to the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, and Robbie Anderson, rather than trading for Saquon Barkley, and uh, guaranteeing that you miss the playoffs altogether. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, just for you, mild cat, mild cat. <laughs> All right, snakes. Thanks again for coming. Tell, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. And, uh, um, again, the, so the podcast, uh, snake in the draft, uh, when does it come out when, uh, and, uh, yeah, let, yeah. Let's just go with that. Where, when, uh, when do you drop those episodes? Yeah. So they drop, uh, there's always going to be a podcast on Tuesdays that'll release Tuesday mornings. And then uh, the other one that's usually the second or the third one that comes out in the week usually drops like Friday and maybe Saturday. Uh, it's been sort of wishy-washy depending on my week, but yeah, it's, it's Tuesday for sure. And then into the week, typically uh, the Tuesday one, you know, more dynasty waiver wire ads buy sells. And then the end of the week is just sort of anything that I'm thinking about related to dynasty it could be trades. It could be, you know, how to create a league, how to make a league more fun, all sorts of just random stuff. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, at jsnake underscore DFF on Twitter. 
Uh, what about the podcast? Yeah, you can follow the podcast at SNTD pod on Twitter. Uh, and then I also am a writer and Superflex ranker for Dynasty Nerds as well. So you can check out my weekly uh, waiver wire ads through Dynasty Nerds if you want. Beautiful. That, like I said, I live off of the waivers, living on the wire. So that thing's super useful. Definitely keep up with that. Keep up with everything Jacob's doing with Dynasty Nerds, with the podcast. And uh, again, um, as soon as he gets back to the Super Show, we've got a lot to talk about. So we're going we're gonna to schedule that very, very soon. Let's wrap it up for the week, though. And as we do that, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You can also subscribe to the DLF Family Podcast Mega Feed. Uh, do us a favor, though. Once you've subscribed to the Super Show, rate and review the show. It helps us to get out to more people, uh, touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. You can also get at us on Twitter, at Superflex Show. Honestly, though, individually is the way to go. I'm at Superflex, dude. Again, Jacob's at Snake underscore DFF. And then any one of my co-hosts, you can get to them individually as well uh we're we're much more responsive that way so do that but you can tag us in trade polls we can help you get more votes and comments sometimes even bring them on this show here we meant to do that here with jacob didn't quite get to it so we're gonna have to try it again but uh you know sometimes we like to bring those trades on this on the super show and analyze them for you this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah,